Hello, um, this is me, unedited, and I choosing unedited because I want it to sound um, unedited. <laughs> I know that's cyclical logic, but sometimes cyclical logic works. Uh, so this is a podcast being put together by me, I guess, aiming for an anonymity since the content will be um, fairly personal. I recommend you be an adult over 18 and uh, be prepared for disclosures of personal discovery, sexual discovery, or even personal discovery. Um, as I entered from a 20-year marriage to a single life. So I have to confess that in my, well, I married at 20, divorced at 40. And in that time, I never had an orgasm. No. Uh, Shocking, because I assumed I had, although I thought they were awfully disappointing. And I couldn't figure out what was the big deal about sex and orgasms and all that stuff. I mean, it's not like it felt bad. Kind of like a good foot rub feels, maybe, and back rub, nice clean teeth. (laughs) I don't know. Um, It didn't feel bad. It just didn't feel as amazing as it looked like it felt for my husband. (laughs) And that makes it sound like I'm bragging about my prowess, which I think... um, 10 years ago or even 30 years ago at this point was probably not that great. Uh, I don't know. I tend to be a pleaser and a responder, so uh, I don't really know. I haven't pieced together how that maybe affected either positively or negatively, although one would think my sexual experience during marriage was negative if I never orgasmed. Um, Being a pleaser kind of makes you forget about yourself, I think, And that can be detrimental because I think sex is, in order to be satisfying, it seems like it has to encompass um, giving and receiving. If someone is always giving or always receiving, then somebody's going to be disappointed at some point. Um, (laughs) That sounds awfully mature, doesn't it? Uh, But... Yeah, I mean, when my when my marriage ended, at the time it felt like an absolute catastrophe and it felt like a huge failure. Um, but I don't really like the term failed marriage because I think, uh, or the phrase fail, failed marriage, because I think that just negates any learning and success and just life that happens in the time of that marriage that we are calling a failed marriage. So I don't call my marriage failed. I call it a 20-year success story. And then we both moved on. Um, We kind of grew apart. I don't need to bore anyone with the details of my my ended marriage, but um, we definitely saved each other when we were younger and gave each other purpose and goals and got along in a lot of ways. And then we just really didn't get along in other ways. Um, but we had three kids, they're all grown up. And, uh, if I had to do it again, I would still pick the same man, uh, to make a family with because he was great. Although I'm pretty sure he doesn't know that I 
didn't orgasm in two decades. But if he found out, he might think to himself, <laughs> might explain why I didn't find sex that fascinating. It was more like, I don't know, I just couldn't figure out what the big deal was. Um, so after my marriage ended and my husband moved out, um, I felt sorry for myself for probably six months. The kids would go to school. I'd sit on the armchair sideways with my legs dangling over one arm and my head rested on the other arm. And I would watch back-to-back episodes of My Name is Earl for almost the entire day. And then after I wasted enough time and realized the boys would be home in half an hour, I got up, got dressed, (laughs) made myself presentable and looked busy when they all got in the door so that it felt like I did something. And that's pretty much how I survived. I'm not even convinced I showered, probably once a week, but I just didn't care at the time. I'd say in hindsight, I was kind of depressed. I mean, if <laughs> lack of personal hygiene, I think, is a, a big part of being depressed. I certainly had that symptom. And uh, sitting on a, a big fluffy armchair in pajamas all day, that's... <laughs> I have to plug My Name is Earl. If you haven't watched it, it's actually pretty funny. Um, especially, oh gosh, not especially anything that, that, that actually, that show saved me. I think it just gave me, um, something to think about, uh, other than my own self wallowing pity. So eventually I pulled myself out of that armchair and I thought, okay, what's the rest of my life going to look like? Uh, it needs to start at some point. So why not today? And I started to wonder more and more and become curious about sex or my own sexuality. Uh, I hadn't even considered it. I was too busy raising three boys and just being a wife and housewife and uh, getting my degrees while raising a family. Um, I had no time to consider sexual pleasure and what that meant to me. Uh, and so now I had all kinds of time because um, the one, one of the biggest benefits of divorce, not that I am at all plugging the, <laughs> the benefits of divorce, it almost sounds like saying the benefits of like breaking a leg or X, Y, Z. However, one of the benefits of divorce uh, from what I could experience personally was you ended up with all of this time to yourself the house would be quiet, which was eerie at first and quite upsetting, I found, and very lonely. And then once you get past all that and you get you start to get used to this this pocket of time where it's really just about you and you're not expected to care for anyone. There's no one around. The boys would be visiting their dad. And um gosh, what does one do with oneself? <laughs> Maybe one starts to masturbate. I don't know. Um, That's what I did. But it was actually viewing myself or viewing my life or my experience more as a science experiment and wondering, what is it? I mean, I'm I'm not a stupid person. I knew what masturbating was at the time, uh, but I never did it. I never did it before I got married. I never did it during marriage. I was absolutely mortified when my husband found a gifted vibrator that I never used in my bottom dresser drawer. Oh, and he 
kind of snickered and made a joke and I just was mortified and I got really angry at him for going through my dresser. Um, and he was at the time saying, no, it's fine. I mean, you don't have to be upset, but either way I was mortified. I was very embarrassed. And this attitude probably had a lot to do or had something to do. There were other factors, uh, that I don't need to delve into at the moment, but, uh, the, but yeah, I was clearly my own worst enemy when it came to lack of sexual pleasure. Um, so that said, I realized, do I want to live the rest of my life um, not really understanding my own body? So I decided it's time to figure out my lady bits. And I didn't really know, I mean, what to do with them. I wasn't necessarily a prude, uh, although, um, how do I say this? Yeah, I mean, as someone who's never orgasmed and never masturbated, I, I mean, I, I know my own anatomy, knew my own anatomy, and I knew scientifically what everything was and processes of where babies come from and how everything works. But I hadn't ever contemplated my own self providing myself with sexual pleasure and orgasms. So I got to work, and the only place I could think to start uh, which may or may not be a good thing, I'm not really sure, uh, was pornography. And I also have have grown up knowing or at least believing in my own mind that pornography was very negative. And I do believe, in fact, it has had negative effects on people and perhaps marriages and the potential addiction factor of watching too much of it. But it was a starting point for myself, for me, um, when I thought... I need to figure out what's what. Why didn't sex feel amazing for me? What exactly do other people do? And of course, regardless of the fact that pornography is mostly staged, I, it was a place to start. Um, and so I just delved into that quite, I wouldn't say heavily, but regularly. And um, wow, when I gave myself my first orgasm, I started to understand why my friends would say, if you haven't, if you don't know if you've had one, then you haven't had one. Uh, it did explain a lot, though, about why my husband always liked sex more than I did, because uh, once I realized how good it could feel, uh, it made a lot of sense. And I was a bit sad for myself and wanted to, um, I don't know, wanted to kind of repair the growth the 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 stunted growth of myself and sort of I wanted to grow into my own sexuality and discover what that was from for me um so I started masturbating a lot more <laughs> uh it sounds funny to say but hey we're all adults here hopefully if you're not an adult turn this off um but uh that's where I began. And um, gosh, I mean, that was the first step towards even understanding myself and realizing that I'm, I'm probably not broken. I'm just not educated. One of the debates in my marriage or arguments in my marriage was sometimes that I was broken and there was something wrong with me. And I mean, 
who in this life doesn't have something wrong with them? Let's, let's be honest. Everyone comes from something and from somewhere and everyone has uh, imperfections in their childhoods and no parents are perfect, which means my parents weren't perfect. Uh, I wasn't perfect to my own children. They won't be perfect to their children and so on. So um, everybody's broken. Let's, let's just accept that. Uh, so it's not really fair. And it wasn't fair to say that I was broken. Um, I've moved on from that, but certainly um, we need to recognize that we all have flaws. We all grow up with some strengths and some weaknesses. And, oh, blah, blah. We all know that. <laughs> that all that all that nice stuff. Um, so it was it was great to finally realize that I had the capacity, the physical capacity to have experienced sexual pleasure and orgasm and climax and all that great stuff. Um, and that was my first step. That was the, that was the opening of, um, <laughs> that sounds funny. Could be a literal opening, vagina opening. Um, sorry. <laughs> I have a, sometimes I have a weird sense of humor. Um, but it was the opening of the gate, the floodgates or the trickle gates or the drip gates of my little nuggets of self-discovery and growth sexually and non-sexually just as a human being so I've been single for 10 years now and I've had lots of time to ponder and wonder and be amazed um, and I have to say I absolutely love sex now um, I didn't love it when I was married but I think it's because I didn't understand it well enough nor did I understand myself well enough heck I probably didn't understand my husband very well Although I feel like I know him well. And uh, 10 years after divorce, we are um, friendly with each other and we co-parent our adult children well. We, we partner very well in, in discussing our kids, which is really great. I highly encourage anyone divorced to salvage the, the connection so that you can commiserate and be proud of your children, even through and after divorce. Anyway, enough about that. Um, <laughs> I'm now I'm just getting all ridiculous because all this talk about sex is making me want to have it, and I don't have anyone to have it with, which leaves me with, uh, well, you know, the monologue. Call it the sex monologues, sexual monologue. Myself talking to myself and doing to myself. <laughs> uh, however, that's fine. I mean, I don't mind and. Um, when I find, when I meet the right person. Or if I don't, I'm fine either way. Uh, when I was first divorced, gosh, I was desperate to find somebody. And now I'm, I don't feel any of that. Thank goodness, it's a terrible way to be. And people can sense it a mile away. Men and women both, I'm sure, run from the faintest hint of desperation in somebody who is newly severed from a love like love connection uh yeah so that is uh i'm gonna end this little session here and just say i have so many other things to say whether or not they are significant and <laughs> whether or not anyone listens it really doesn't matter <clears throat> perhaps i am doing this more for myself and uh less about listeners and more about just talking but i wonder I wonder if we talk about these things openly enough, openly enough with each other, uh, 
Um, there shouldn't be any shame and embarrassment, but of course there always is. These are such deeply personal topics, sexuality and relationships and love and all of that. Um, but it feels so good to talk about it at some point because then we realize we're really all the same. We all want the same things. We experience the same things. Uh, we're not strangers really from each other. We're really all very similar. And we, you know, once we realize we're not the only ones going through something, it, it doesn't, we don't feel so bad about it. And uh, yeah, I'm here to fly the flag for all those women who never orgasms during their marriage or at, for an extended period of time of their marriage. It is possible. There is life and orgasm after divorce and after non-orgasm. Um, <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. However, I'll, I'll, uh, I will talk to you next time. Bye.